Welcome. You're listening to your double dose of Dabria, and I am so glad that you've decided to tune in for today's episode. I'm your host, Dabria Carapita, a former radio host, an author, and I've also been working in education as of late. So I'm glad you are here. I'm glad you're tuning in. It's going to be a great episode. We are doing something a little bit different and quite a lot of fun because today is part two of your double dose of storytelling. So in part one, I went back to the tender age of 18 years old in it was the summer of 2017. And it was a ride. It was a journey. And it was one of the most life changing experiences I've gone through. You see, I was in a major car accident. And it was myself and my siblings and we were driving on gravel and we hit a rut and as well as freshly graded gravel and we flipped, we went airborne and I distinctly remember the an angel holding my face to the side and away from the window. And when the dust settled and the metal stopped crunching, I looked down and I realized that my left arm had been ripped open at the elbow. So in the last episode, I go into more details. I discussed the surgery. I was in the hospital for two nights. I met an amazing young lady who was my roommate in the hospital room. And I also just had the wonderful experience of being prayed over and covered in the grace of God as I went into surgery. And so it was quite a major surgery. It was like layer sutured layers and it was I think it was like 34 or 36 stitches and it was a lot. So in today's episode, I really want to focus on the aftermath part of this story. You can think of part one as as the foundation, as like the leading up to the climax. But today we are going to talk about the aftermath because I don't want to just tell you guys this crazy story of how I was in a car accident and leave it at that because that is not the full story. And so talking to my parents afterwards and talking to other people about this, I've really seen the hand of God at work and I've really seen so much of God's grace covering human mistakes. So we're going to go into more detail on that today. And I'm once again thankful that you decided to join us for today's episode. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share this podcast. Episodes like this being shared are really helpful and they also are what help other listeners tune in. So thank you to all of you guys. I'm thankful for you. So where did I leave off in the last episode? Oh, yes. So I had major surgery on my left arm, and I was extremely thankful. Afterwards, I found out that not only was the nurse who ended up staying on duty afterwards and praying over me before I went into the surgery, a Christian, but the surgeon who operated on me is also a born-again believer. So that was just a little grace that I'm so thankful for. So after I was in surgery, I was in the hospital, I had amazing friends and my Bible study visit me. My family, of course, were so supportive. Now you're left with the aftermath. And I think that sometimes we as humans, we discount the huge amount of healing that happens 
after something. I mean, we acknowledge it. We definitely don't sweep it under the rug. Like we acknowledge when someone passes away or when there is a major loss, you know, there there is a grieving period. And if you're in a good community, usually they rally around you and support you during this time of grieving. And that is a beautiful thing. I experienced it for myself this past summer when my marriage came to an end. So community is so important. But here's the thing. We really, we only see the highlight reel. We only see what people choose to share with us. There are so many moments of struggle and darkness and temptation and depression that a person will go through and will will survive and will come out the other side that we often will never see. So coming out of that hospital, I was a changed woman. It was inevitable. I mean, you don't go through something and nearly lose your life without having a slight altering to your perception. You know, I remember coming out of the hospital and uh, my arm was in a sling and I wasn't supposed to move it. Like I was pretty helpless. My Mom had to help me get dressed, had to help me do my hair, um, helped like made food for me because I was essentially helpless. I remember um, because of like the sling and the pain that my arm was in, like I couldn't sleep properly on a bed. So I had to sleep on the couch with my arm kind of elevated on a pillow. And it was a very, well, not nice situation. The aftermath and the healing, I mean, you're going through so many different things at once. You're going through the physical healing where your body is literally trying to restore itself after a major trauma to it. But you're also going through the mental and the emotional and the spiritual aftermath. And I honestly, I would like to do an episode one day on just aftermath and like healing in that grieving process, because it is something that I have gone through multiple times. And each time God shows himself so faithful And each time I learn different lessons and you really see who the people in your life are that you can depend on. Because when you are at a place where you have nothing to give, where in fact you feel like you are operating out of a deficit, that is when the friends in your life truly show their colors. Now, I've been very thankful to have friends who've shown beautiful rainbow of colors, who have been supportive and made me feel so loved. And I remember In the few weeks after this, I had friends drive out to our family farm, which was quite a ways out of town, and we had game nights, and we spent time together, and they just talked, and they listened to me as I tried to process this huge thing that I had just gone through, you know? And on the other hand, I look back, and I just think about how strong my siblings were, because although they didn't have the physical scarring on their bodies of what we went through, you know, they still had to come to terms with the emotional and traumatic ramifications. Now, my parents did pray with us. We did bind up trauma. And that makes a huge difference. But regardless, I mean, you get into a vehicle. And next thing you know, that vehicle's flipping in the air and crashing to the ground. Like, you're never going to get into a vehicle the same way again. That's just a fact. And that is what we're going to be talking about today. Because there has been a redemption of that in a way that I did not expect. So you're gonna have to stay tuned because later on in the episode, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. But first, I want to kind of talk a little bit more about the physical aspect 
because what happened was when it came time to get the first layer of my stitches out, my mom took me to the hospital. Of course, we're waiting in the hospital room for the surgeon to come. I remember taking a few pictures on the hospital bed because same way that I told my dad in that room, the emergency room, dad, you need to take a picture of my arm because people are not going to believe how bad it was. And my dad very reluctantly took a picture of my arm that was like ripped open with, you could literally see the flesh and the blood. Um, So I kept taking pictures at each stage of the healing process because honestly, guys, it did not look good. I mean, the surgeon did an amazing job of literally putting back like the two pieces of my skin that had been ripped open. Um, but it didn't look good. You know, like my my body um, had just gone through something major and there was, uh, it was puckered flesh and it was discolored and it was swollen and I had really weird nerve feelings and it was not good. So I kept taking pictures because I'm like, you know what? This is going to look good one day. This is going to be a testimony So anyways, I'm in this hospital room waiting for the surgeon to come, talking to my mom, taking a picture of it. And the surgeon comes in and of course he removes the first layer of stitches. And then he turns to me and he says something that struck me and that will always stay with me. He looked at me and he said, Dabria, do you realize how close your artery had been to getting sliced open? Do you realize how close it would have been? And I just looked at him and I looked at my arm and I just had this huge moment of first, God saved my life. And second, wow, I could have lost my life. And by the grace of God, the protection of that angel, Oh my goodness, I look back, guys, and I think about where the angel turned my head away and down from the window as we were flipping and I was screaming out the name of Jesus. If it had been my face that had gone towards the window instead of my arm, I'm just going to leave it at that. There was so much grace, but I just looked at the surgeon and I realized how much God's grace, like, yes, yes, I had to have surgery and yes, I have a scar on my arm, but that's it, you guys. That's it. In fact, afterwards, when I was ready to, I looked at that picture that my dad had taken in the emergency room and I saw, you can see the main artery from your left hand that goes up to your heart that if it gets sliced, you will bleed out and die. I think it's within like 15 minutes or something like that. You can see it exposed and yet it was not touched. Glory be to God. God saved my life and in more ways than one because, again, a few weeks after that, I had to go to my family doctor for a post-checkup. And, of course, he's, you know, asking the questions. He's looking at my arm. He's looking at the scar. And he looks at me and he says, Deborah, did you know? (laughs) I'm kind of getting deja vu here. Did you know that there is a nerve that connects from your hand uh, up your shoulder, up to your shoulder, that is essentially located right on the edge of where I had gotten, like where my flesh had been ripped open. He says that if that nerve had gotten cut, your hand will shriver, shrivel, basically, and essentially you will lose all moment, movement. That hand will essentially shrivel and die if you do not reconnect that nerve within 10 minutes. 
And once again, I had this moment of looking at the doctor, looking at my arm, and just feeling first, again, that grace of God. And then second, this realization of, holy smokes, life is short. So many things can change in the blink of an eye, and I do not want to waste this. So it was with this deep understanding, this deep knowledge that God had not only saved my life, but he had also saved the movement of my arm, of my hand, that artery was protected, that nerve was protected. But I had this realization that my life was saved for a greater purpose, that there was something that I was meant to do. There were things that I meant to accomplish in life. God is not finished with me. And the first thing that I wanted to do was confront the guy that I had feelings for. Psst. Hey, hey you. Yes, you, the one listening to your double dose of Dabria. Did you know that your double dose of Dabria was in the top 200 of Christian podcasts in Apple Podcasts in Canada the first month? That's right. Your Double Dose of Dabria is a podcast with a mission. We strive to provide a real, authentic, and contemporary Christian viewpoint for people of all ages. And now, your Double Dose of Dabria has spots available for commercials. For example, right now you are listening to a Double Dose commercial. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, soon-to-be radio, as well as anywhere else that you get your podcasts. This is a great place for you to advertise your business. Reach out to us at yourdoubledose at gmail.com for more information or to inquire. Okay, so it's not the most life-changing thing, But hey, when a girl's got a crush and it's been unrequited or there hasn't been, you know, an acknowledgement between the two people, this seems like a really big thing after you've just had a brush with death. So 18-year-old Dabria was feeling, well, she was feeling determined. She needed to find out, did this boy that she had had a crush on for the last while feel anything for her? And just with this realization, like coming out of the doctor's appointment and realizing how big it was that my life had been saved and that God had not only saved it, but he'd also protected me from any further damage. I was like, you know what? I can't waste this. So I'm going to say that that was the first step towards being brave in the aftermath of this very traumatic situation. So I did. I met up with this boy and I just explained that, you know, I had feelings and I wondered where where he was with that. And, you know, I'm not going to really say too much about that. In the end, we ended up just being friends. And that was okay because I was proud of Dabria for stepping out. So the second thing that was the brave step I needed to do was get back behind the wheel of a vehicle. And I have said this before, and I will say it again. People do not understand how heavy it feels uh, in a vehicle until you have been in an accident. Like, I mean, you can understand safety and, and you can be a cautious driver, but something changes and there is a different thing that happens when 
you have literally been in a vehicle that you have lost control of, that has flipped and gone airborne, there is a hyper awareness that happens that you can only understand if you've been in that situation. So I remember in the the few weeks that follow, you know, as my arm was beginning to heal, I think it was when it was able to come out of the sling. My parents offered to drive me places, you know, they said they could give me a little more time to heal. But I knew, I knew that I knew that I knew that I needed to conquer this fear and get back behind the wheel of the vehicle. I had to, or else it would hold me hostage. And I refuse to be held hostage by fear. And growing up, I had this saying, and it was this, if I'm afraid of doing something, then that means that I have to do it. So if you have a motto like that, you've got to live by it or else what is it? So I got back behind the wheel of that vehicle and I drove into town to Bible study. And honestly, I drove so slow on the gravel road from our farm to the highway. And I was praying the entire way and I felt panic rise up inside of me. But I said, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And I refuse to be held by this fear. So I drove into town and had a good Bible study. And I was so proud of myself for getting back behind the wheel of that vehicle. But God wasn't finished with me yet. And there were still so many moments where I was going to have to conquer fear. And I look back and I know that every month in the times that followed for the next six months, I told myself that I was going to mark the day that I could have died and I was going to do something important to mark it. And then after six months, I was going to let it go because I knew that I was going to have to process this and I was going to have to put it in the right place in my, in my heart and in my head. And I was going to have to get back into my life, but it just felt so big that God has saved my life and not just saved my life, but he had, he had essentially saved my arm because that's is what I say, you guys, God's grace covers human mistakes. Yes, we were in a car accident. Yes, I had to have surgery and there was a recovery time. But as the surgeon and as the doctor said, I could have lost my arm. I could have bled out on the side of that gravel road. I could have lost the use of my arm. But how great is my God? How great his grace? You know, so I kind of in the next six months, I was just living with the heaviness of how much responsibility it is when you get behind the wheel of a vehicle. You are responsible for your life, for the people who are your passengers, and for the other people on the road. And this is why it is so important to not drive distracted or and to make sure that you are always driving sober. Okay, this is your little this is your little commercial for that because it is so important. You guys, because it's not just you, it is everyone else on the road. And I am so thankful in that in the months afterwards, as I began to mark, you know, okay, this day, uh, two months ago, I was in an accident that changed my life. Okay, this day, three months ago, I almost died. But look at my life and I am alive. And what does God want to do with my life? You know, and as the time went on, my arm, you guys, it has healed beautifully. In fact, a lot of people are shocked when I raise my arm and show them the scar um, that is lovingly nicknamed my shark bite because of its half moon um, appearance. 
people are amazed and people don't even know that I was in this major accident unless I specifically lift my arm and show them because the skin has healed. There is, there is a scar, of course, but it has been essentially, it has not affected anything except for there is a slight nerve change to the feeling on the underside of my arm. That's it. And I am reminded of Psalm 91, verse 11. He will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. And verse 12 says, they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. So you guys, yes, I look at this and I see that I have a scar. And I see that I had months of needing to heal from this. But God's grace... And those angels keeping my face from going out the window, keeping my siblings any harm from coming to them. I look back on my my childhood and memorizing scripture was essential in our household and it was necessary. And even like being homeschooled my entire education, something that we had to do even as part of our school curriculum was we had a monthly scripture verse to memorize. And one of the first few verses that we had to memorize was the chapter of Psalm 91. And this is, of course, a very well-known chapter in the Bible. But the words that we say are important. The things that we confess over our lives are important. The beliefs that we internalize are important. Another verse that we hear all the time is Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. And I think that as a society, we have definitely gotten very used to being loose with our words. You know, we say, oh, oh, my back is killing me. Oh, my goodness. The children are killing me. Oh, my goodness. You know, this is just, this is horrible. This is awful. I'm so exhausted. Now, of course, it's okay to acknowledge, I'm tired, um, I'm feeling discouraged, I need some encouragement. It's okay to share that with your, with your circle, absolutely. But we do need to be very aware of the words that we are consistently allowing to come out of our mouth because they show what is in our hearts. So I am very thankful looking back that my parents really imprinted on us the importance of speaking the word of God over our lives. And so Psalm 91 is, of course, essential as a declaration. And I still declare it. I declare it over myself at night. I declare it over myself before going on a road trip. I declare it over myself. Now, I don't live in fear, but I am aware that there is an enemy and he prowls about like a roaring lion. Like. He wants to try and get you on that. Because he is an imposter, he's a thief, he's a liar. So he prowls around like a roaring lion, but my God is a roaring lion. And so these words of truth and this understanding of who we are as children of God needs to permeate every area of our lives. So I look back on these experiences that I've gone through. Guys, I had to learn to be okay with driving again. I had to remind myself of the grace of God. I had to speak and declare that angels hold me up. Okay? That's a fact. It was hard. I'm not going to try and belittle that or, or sweep it under the rug because there were times that I almost had a panic attack as a passenger in a vehicle. There were times that I needed to take a few breaths, 
say a prayer, remind myself God's not giving me a spirit of fear, but one of power and of love. I have to remind myself that God's got me. He never fails. And it was a huge process. Okay, but it also became such a beautiful testimony. And this is where I've wanted to talk about this story for a long time. And of course, I blogged about it when my blog was up. But I really wanted to talk about it recently um, in, the, in the last few years. Of course, some time has passed since that summer. But I wasn't sure how to end it because, to be honest, you guys, healing isn't linear. So this, this concerns every area of your life and every area or process of grieving. It's not linear. Sometimes you're really okay in the beginning and then afterwards the effects of it sink in and you are just, you are devastated. Okay, we, knew we need to hold space for that. So I really wanted to talk about this, but I wasn't sure how to go about it because I wasn't sure how to end it. Because yes, I've been completely healed. You know, I have this scar. I've been able to, of course, drive, get back to driving. Um, and what happened was God used this past summer to redeem something that I never even put thought to. So, of course, this last summer, when my marriage came to an end, there were, was a period of time where essentially I was kind of homeless and I had to stay with my parents who lived two hours away from where my full-time job was located in Regina. And I was driving back and forth, back and forth, and of course, working a shift in town and then going back to the farm. And then, you know, on weekends, I was going back and visiting my family and working with my dad. So I was doing two jobs. And I found one night I was driving back and it was just inevitable. I couldn't leave early enough so that it wasn't dark when I was driving back. And I, of course, had a little bit of, I'm not going to call it a fear, but I had a concern of driving in the dark. And I was driving from the farm back to Regina. And I was going through a valley and it was raining. And there was a semi truck up ahead going slower. And I was driving up this hill and I put on my passing light and I passed this semi truck going up a hill in the rain. And you guys, as I merged back onto the driving lane, I did a little self check. And I realized there was not a drop of fear inside of me that this would have terrified me a few short months ago. And yet I felt no panic, just a calmness. And I calmly passed that semi-truck safely. And I was driving and I just started to cry with the understanding and the realization that God had used the ugliness of that summer and of having to drive back and forth and back and forth to redeem it. There was no more fear. Of course, I am a cautious driver now, and I do not take the weight of driving a vehicle lightly, but there was no more panic. As I drove into the city, I was thanking God, realizing that he had completely restored my calmness when it came to driving vehicles, that in the back and forth that I had been doing, God had been doing a work inside my heart, even all these years later. And of course, I mentioned in an earlier episode how I was up in Edmonton uh, during the break visiting friends, and that was a big deal for me, you guys. I had never done a solo driving trip that long. And you know what, guys? That trip started out very icy, like going 40 icy because it was bad. And yet God kept me safe. Angels upheld me. 
And I did it with an excitement and a calmness and there was no fear. That was a big thing for me, guys, at Solo Trip. God redeems human mistakes. God's grace covers us. So as this episode is going to be drawing to a close here shortly, I want to remind you guys to hold fast to God's promises. I want to remind you guys to go to his word, declare his word over your life, especially when fear comes at you, especially when depression comes at you. When you are fighting a battle, this is not the time to curl up into ourselves and allow that fear to take hold. It is the time to take the word of God, which is life and it is truth and it is health. Speak it over your lives. Speak it and remind your heart, do not fear. Peace be still. And remind yourself that these things do not hold your identity. Yes, I went through this experience and it marked me and it changed me. But there comes a point where we have to say, no, my experiences are not my identity. They are a part of my story, but they are not who I am. I am who Jesus says I am. So for today, that's all. Thank you so much for listening to your double dose of storytelling part two. I'm thankful for each and every one of you. Love you guys, and I'll be back next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to your double dose of Dabria. This podcast with a mission is all about bringing you real, authentic, and raw from a Christian perspective and a former radio host. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Be sure to like, save, and follow so that you can be notified every time a new episode drops. Also, please know that this podcast is made possible because of listeners and supporters like you. If you would like to donate to this podcast with a ministry, you can email yourdoubledose at gmail.com. Do you have an ad or a business that you would like to promote on this podcast? You can also email yourdoubledose at gmail.com to inquire. Thanks for listening to your double dose of Dabria. Be sure to follow us so you can be notified when the next episode drops.